Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we got a heck of a great show for you. You guys don't know how hard we work to bring you good content and stuff that you're not going to find everywhere. Now, you will find it on KPNW because Bill London and I are friends and we end up covering a lot of the same stuff. But this is stuff you don't find on regular uh, television. And uh, that's why we're doing it. So tonight we're going to have Bill come up and talk and he's going to be talking about all kinds of stuff that's going to make you not very happy. But I'm warning you just ahead of time um, that it probably won't make you very happy. Um, the other thing we're going to have on tonight, we're going to have Alan Thayer, a business attorney in town. You know, Alan, he's kind of a semi-regular guy on here. <laughs> Alan, how do you feel knowing you're a semi-regular guy? Um, <laughs> medical proof. And um, he's going to come on and talk about this, uh, the Biden mandate for uh, private employers, 100 people or more, and some of the development that's come in that. He can talk a little bit also about the um, the court order that uh, put an injunction against that happening and what that means. Uh, he was on Bill's show this morning and I heard what he talked about. And I'm, I, I love being with people like this because we get to know and understand the stories. We're also going to talk about a very heart-wrenching story. Uh, Brian Akers has been on uh, Bill's show, been around. We just couldn't get him on last week. We're going to have him on today talking about, and there's new information tonight, about the governor and her plan to commute um, what was thought to be just 75 um, convicted criminals, uh, now has gone up to about 200. And Bill has some pretty inf interesting information about what the governor has been doing. She didn't uh, bother to tell any of the victims. Uh, she didn't bother to tell any of the district attorneys in the state. You think that might be something you would do, but you know, I'm not the governor. And she didn't bother to uh, do any of that. And then um, her office released the press release to the press. And the press has said it came from the governor's office, which she said that's not what happened. And then that press release went out, told all the newspapers and everybody else in town. And that's how many of the victims discovered that the person who murdered, raped, uh, robbed, uh, legend, whatever, uh, their relative, um, was getting out of prison. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to thank our sponsor tonight is Chris Dental uh, Family Dentistry. And Michael called me up over the weekend. He says, Rick, I got a great idea. I said, what's that? He goes, we're going to do, and all I want for Christmas is a new front tooth giveaway. So he is doing, what we're going to do is I want you to email me your picture and we're looking for a front tooth that's missing. And Dr. Bratlin is going to do this for free. Now there are some, some qualifications, but you send the picture, let us know what's going on. And then we're going to pick somebody by the 22nd. And then that person will get a new front tooth and by Christmas, and we'll be covering you as that whole thing happens. <laughs> so it's going to be, um, Something that so I've already had like 10 people. I posted it online. I've already had like 10 people uh, tell me, Rick, I, I need that. I want that tooth. So um, that's going to be coming up. And the deadline is Monday, November 22nd. And I will have those um, other things up there for you so you know what the deal is in terms of that. Um, I'm going to now toss you, uh, we're going to get our open going and then we'll get to Bill because we got a very busy show. With this, that's what I understand. 
from the 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, and look at you. <laughs> Sarah, look at that introduction. Isn't Rick you such can... a charmer? Bring the lion out. We had a sketch artist do a drawing. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Music therapy has been shown to release... It's time now for Rick. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun? that you get to comment on the news. There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun. Now it's time to get real. Said, now it's time to get real. I mean, really real. It's a big dose of really real real with Rick. I'll see you at five. And it's five and time for a real dose of Bill London. Bill, tell us what's going on in the news tonight. Good evening from the News Radio 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. Hola. Well, it was on, and now for the time being, it's off. A federal appeals court Saturday temporarily halted the Biden administration's vaccine requirement for businesses with 100 or more workers. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals granted an emergency stay of the requirement by federal OSHA that workers be vaccinated by January 4th or face mask requirements and weekly tests. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry said the action stops President Biden from, quote, moving forward with his unlawful overreach, and he further said the president will not impose medical procedures on the American people without the checks and balances afforded by the Constitution. At least 27 states have filed lawsuits challenging the rule in a number of different circuit courts. The administration, though, says it's confident that the requirement, which includes penalties of nearly $14,000 per violation, will withstand legal challenges in part because of its safety rules preempting state laws. And apparently, Oregon was one of the main drivers behind this because of the way Governor Kate Brown weaponized OSHA against Oregon businesses during the pandemic. The Fifth Circuit, based in New Orleans, said it was delaying the federal vaccine requirement because of potential, quote, grave statutory and constitutional issues raised by plaintiffs. Now, today, the government provided an expedited reply to the motion for a permanent injunction, and tomorrow that'll be followed by the petitioner's Reply. Well, Governor Kate Brown has actually been having secret Zoom meetings with at least 11 incarcerated people over the last two months, her staff confirmed over the weekend. Brown plans to review more than 200 juvenile prison cases for commutation, in some cases making long-time violent offenders immediately eligible to pursue parole. These meetings are, have already resulted in Brown offering early release for criminals, yet while Brown was having Zoom meetings, secretly with these convicted criminals, she did not contact district attorneys in the counties where those crimes took place. Furthermore, many of the crime victims only learned about it through media leaks. Brown actually blocked victims from knowing what she was doing. Not being alerted, of course, as far as the victims are concerned, becomes a grave safety issue as victims need to protect themselves and adjust to their rapists or attempted murderer being released. A federal judge has ordered an immediate stop to the U.S. Forest Service plan to log more than 400 miles of hazard trees along roads within the Willamette National Forest. U.S. District Judge Michael McShane said in the order that the federal agency 
overstretched its authority under the National Environmental Policy Act to effectively log hazard trees from some 20,000 acres of forest land in the name of post-fire road repair. McShane wrote, this project allows commercial logging that at least at this stage will almost certainly have more than a minimal impact on the environment and that the commercial logging allowed here does not remotely resemble grading or repaving roads, cleaning culverts, or removing brush near roads. The Forest Service crafted the project in the wake of the 2020 Labor Day wildfires that ripped through Oregon. The agency argued that the Beachy Creek Fire, the Lion's Head, and Holiday Farm fires created very dangerous conditions on forest roads that required extensive cleanup in the form of removing these hazard trees. The judge heard the case because three radical conservationist groups sued, saying the project was simply large-scale salvage logging in disguise. So Senate President Democrat Peter Courtney stripped one of the legislature's most powerful members as are of her position as co-chair of the Joint Ways and Means Committee. And that individual would be Democrat Senator Betsy Johnson of Scapoose. Now, she and Senator Steiner Hayward run the committee that decides how the state's money is going to be spent. And Johnson, oddly enough, just a couple of weeks ago announced that she was going to leave the Democratic Party to run for governor as an independent. Johnson, in response to Courtney stripping her of the Joint Ways and Means Committee, said... Today, the extreme left of the Democratic Party canceled me as co-chair of the Ways and Means Committee. This intolerant purging represents everything wrong with Oregon politics. Well, now that the Pfizer vaccine is available for kids ages 5 to 11, the question is how many parents are going to see their kids get vaccinated. It's kind of a hot-button issue. And the Kaiser Family Foundation completed a poll at the end of October of 2021 to try and answer that question. How many parents right now plan to have their kid vaccinated? Nationwide, 27% of parents. All right, now it's time for Rick. And Rick's going to get real, really real, realistically real, really what is realistically real, Bill? So what a great little newscast. So um, just full disclosure, Betsy Johnson, Senator Betsy Johnson is a dear friend of mine. And I, so she wants to run for governor. So she says she's gonna leave the Democrat party. And so the head Democrat takes her off of the Ways and Means Committee. Hmm, politics at work in Oregon. Nasty, nasty, nasty. So today I sent Betsy an email and said, hey, girl, if you'd like to come on my show and talk about that, I'd be happy to have you. Um, and I think she's going to take me up on that and come on and talk to you. And as the last time you put her on here, you folks enjoyed the hell out of her because that is one woman who does not mince words. And that's probably like a burr in their bonnet. <laughs> Alan, you know, Betsy, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Betsy is a peach. Love Betsy. I was talking to a Eugene business person this morning and we we're talking about Betsy Johnson and he was kind of complaining. Yes, but but she looks like a grandmother. And I said, yes, but when she opens her mouth, she talks like a trucker. So uh, she'll do just fine. 
That is so true. So Alan Thayer is a business attorney here in Eugene. Um, heard you on Bill's show this morning. I really liked what you were talking about. I just, I, there's a lot of people out there really frustrated. I think business owners who don't really know what to do now. I mean, it's in limbo now, but you were talking this morning on the radio and I think give some advice to people as to what they need to be prepared for, especially what I'm not seeing anywhere in, in, in the written copy. If Ellen was good enough to get all 400 pages and he read them diligently, I'm sure, um, of the document. No. And, but, but you were talking this morning about this December 5th deadline. So go into your, your conversation and I'll ask questions as you're going. But what do business owners really need to prepare for um, at this point? So if you read all the press reports and they all say that the uh, rule goes into effect January 4th and you think, OK, that's fine. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some football coming up. We have uh, Thanksgiving coming up. There's Christmas. Um, we can uh, we can deal with this later. But what the rule provides is that there are a number of actions that businesses need to take by December 5th. Um, and, or have in place rather by December 5th, which means businesses have 30 days to, uh, to get these things uh, ready to go. Uh, number one is they have to have a uh, process to determine the vaccination status of all of their employees. Now, whatever happened, uh, medical records being private, I don't know, but uh, businesses are now supposed to obtain that and for everyone who says they're vaccinated, they need to maintain proof of their employee's vaccination status. Um, I'm really concerned about that alone because under other federal laws, businesses must maintain employee health records for 30 years. And there's other requirements on employee health records and uh, smart businesses have, to, have long taken a position and we have long advised people, whatever you do, do not maintain health records on your employees. Are, are these uh, records going to be subject to the same requirements? I don't know, um, but it is of a concern. So also on December 5th, those, so by December 5th, you know who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. And so those employees who are not vaccinated by December 5th need to start wearing masks. And OSHA- By December, by December 5th? By December 5th. And evidently not all masks are created equal. OSHA has come out with uh, its own guidance on what masks are acceptable and which ones aren't. Um, and um, employers and employees need to be aware of that. For after uh, December 5th, if an employee decides, okay, you've, you've bullied me enough, I'm gonna get the vaccine, uh, the employer has to give the employee four hours of paid leave to get shots. And this is on top of any leave that the employer is currently providing. Um, in addition, employers must give employees a reasonable amount of time to recover from side effects from the vaccine. And that includes uh, at least two days of paid leave. Now on that leave, it doesn't have to be new leave. If an employee has unused leave, the employer can require the employee to use their unused leave, 
But if the employees are out of leave, um, then the employer has to uh, provide an additional two days of paid leave for the recovery. The, uh, by December 5th, employers must develop policies and procedures on how they are going to implement this uh, 490 page rule. Um, and they must provide a variety of notices to their employees. They must give them a notice about the rule. They must uh, notify the employee of the employer's policy and procedures. They must give them a Center for Disease Control um, information guide on vaccines. And they must provide a, um, a page on penalties for employees that falsely report their vaccination status. So that's, so, uh, so if, if someone um, forges a vaccination card, for example, and presents it to their employer, they could be subjected to a $10,000 penalty and or I believe it's six months in in uh, prison. So Alan, just a, you know, a, a minor question here. So while they're doing all that, um, who, who's going to run their business? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, have our leaders ever run their own business to know all that it takes and goes into, especially now when you can't find enough employees, now you're going to limit the pool even more. And what is your, when, you know, your, when you read all through that, what is your biggest concern as a, as a business attorney? What is your biggest concern for people? So my biggest concern is the overreach. And is this going to become a, the new policy of our government that we are going to try to enforce social change by using businesses as the, um, the enforcement arm? Uh, you and I talked about this a while ago with some of the mask mandates. Um, and um, Is it going you know, to come back to them? I mean, if something happens to these people that like an employee that gets what if they take the vaccine and it and it causes a problem, a medical problem? It goes back to the business that that they're not suing the government. Government's covered its ass, hasn't it? Yeah, government is covered by what's called sovereign immunity. Uh, the vaccine manufacturers have uh, blanket immunity uh, provided by the government, um, and, and then you have. Uh, then you have the businesses. My business told me to uh, to get this vaccine, and uh, the risk may be remote, but the possible damage could be great. I liken it to to Rick. You have fire insurance on your house. The yeah. chance of your house burning is infinitesimal, but if it does, you lose everything. So that's why you buy fire insurance, and it's it's not a lot of money any one year compared to the value of your contents and the house itself. Well, the same things here. Some business is going to get stuck with a big bill and we don't know, we don't know who it is. So can you answer real quickly this, what happened to the judges blocking of Biden's vaccine mandates? That's still in effect, but kind of go through the, so people understand where that, where that's going to go probably. So, when there's a, a lawsuit that asks for an injunction, either to require someone to do something or to block something from happening, there's three different types of injunctions. And the ultimate goal after the verdict of the court decision is a permanent injunction. But, but what happens before the judgment? 
So in this instance, as, as happened in lots of cases, the plaintiff files the lawsuit and the plaintiffs uh, say to the court, hey, this is so important. The risk of harm here is so great. Um, our chances of prevailing are so good that you need to block this immediately. And, and that's called a, uh, um, that's a temporary injunction. So they file, plaintiffs file an injunction and the court grants it before the other side has even answered the lawsuit. And then, and then uh, a number of days after the temporary injunction is issued, then the court will hear motions, will hear uh, arguments and will receive briefs from the two sides. And then they're talking about what's called a preliminary injunction. A preliminary injunction is from from the expiration of the temporary injunction, but after the hearing until there's a final verdict in the case. So this injunction um, is only gonna be a few days long. And, and next they're now arguing over whether there should be a preliminary injunction, injunction from now until the time the case is decided. So it's a process that we should know more soon well, you would think so. You would hope so. Uh, this is something that everyone knew was coming. The The briefing schedule here was uh, the government was given one day and I think the the plaintiffs or, or the state is going to be given um, another day to respond. That's very that's a very quick briefing schedule. But this is something people have known was coming and they've been working on these briefs for weeks now. And you heard this today. I heard this on the news that Biden's administration advised businesses to ignore the injunction. Boy, could you imagine if um, if another president had said that? Ignore the courts? Really? And that's I don't get it. I just don't get while he's getting a pass at, at all this stuff. Um, Alan, we um, may have you back next week as this kind of, kind of clears up and we get closer. I do appreciate you looking through your information and coming on because obviously we have right now there's hundreds of people on here like looking at this um because they are very concerned and i think people should be um you know well we're we're happy to help happy to help and it's it's always always enjoy uh, talking with you and uh, not only do we appreciate you but we also appreciate your viewers uh some of them have reached out to us in a number of different uh venues and their their kind words are appreciated a couple of others had some some other words and we value their right to say that too so thank oh, you I, have, I, I know who they are <laughs> <laughs> hey alan thank you very much again for for joining us tonight thanks rick uh thank you for all that you do we appreciate you you're welcome man all right now we're going to switch gears um i want to show you something hold on here let me pull this up I want to show you a picture of a beautiful woman. That is Lisa Flormo. Um, and she was engaged to be married uh, in 1991. A guy named Todd Davila um, brutally murdered her. He was a juvenile. He went to prison. Been tried five times, maybe six. I know five for sure. Brian will be here to clear that up. Um, and now her killer is being commuted by our governor. Um, he's on the list. And um, 
Brian's or actually Lisa's story has been told by Brian. Um, I'm going to bring Brian on here. Brian, here we come. There you go. This is Brian Akers. Thank you for being here, Brian. Sure. First, Lisa was a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Very inside and out. I mean, she did a lot for, a lot for people, a lot for her friends. She was just a great, great person all the way around. That's why I fell in love with her. <laughs> and you were on the phone with her when she was when the attack started yeah so kind of kind of tell the, the the story right there and let people understand what's going on here well she was visiting friends up in the charbonneau area up in wilsonville up there and um, visiting a house that was purchased that was brand new and she was up there and i was talking to her on the phone about one o'clock in the afternoon and um, she was the only one in the house at the time. And a kid came to the front door. And, and that was Todd, was, right? That was that Todd, was, Todd Davila. Yeah. And he came to the front door asking about a young girl. And it was actually the young girl that lived there. And um, Melinda was a little younger than Todd. She, I think she was either... 14 or turning 15. And um, so Lisa explained to him that when he came to the door asking about her that she wasn't there. And he just was explaining, are you sure? She's got dark hair. She's this, this, and that. And he goes, no. He goes, no, she's not here right now. And um, But if you'd like to leave a message or check back in, I can do that. And she didn't feel threatened by him at the time and or anything and then um she goes but i'm kind of busy right now and um i'll be you know i'll be happy to do that he goes no he goes i'll come back and um she goes okay and the door shut and we continued to talk for about 10 minutes all of a sudden the doorbell rings again and it's todd again and she's going oh my gosh you know uh the phone was about on a little table on a chair about 10 feet from the front door so she could see through the side window who was there. She sets the phone down. She goes, let me go see what he wants again. And again, she said, you know, Melinda's not here. If you want to leave a message, like I said, I'll be happy to, but he goes, are you sure she's not in the backyard or anywhere around? And she goes, no, look, I'm the only one here. And she'll be back shortly with her brother. And, but I'm the only one here right now. Well, that's all he needed to hear. That's all he wanted to hear. Because when he saw Lisa later and has testified in court that he totally changed his mind of who he was after when he saw Lisa. And he was there to rape someone. Yeah. Yeah. He tried during the day earlier that day. This was about one, one thirty in the afternoon. Um, he tried twice and went to one house and the girl um, wasn't there and he left a message and then the other girl he went to was his best friend's um sister and his best friend was out in the backyard mowing the lawn and he went into her house and grabbed a big huge steak knife and while she was in the bedroom she just got out of the shower and she was in the bedroom he went in there 
into her bedroom and she goes, oh my God, what are you doing here? And um, he just tried to forcefully push himself on her and stuff. And she was a big enough girl where she could push Todd and went flying off and she was screaming at him, yelling at him. And he was going like, please don't tell, I can't remember the kid's name in the backyard. I'll leave, I'll leave, I promise, I'll leave. I'll, she just was just beside herself. She goes, please don't, he just said, please don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody about this. And um, he left, he ran out the door. So with Risa, she was freaked out Lisa, about it like crazy. And she went so and testified with, against him too. So with Lisa, he used a Boy Scout knife and tried Correct. to try to decapitate her and nearly yeah. and and you were saying in that when I heard you talking to Bill that she he, he kept saying that she wouldn't die. Well, the problem is, is what happened was was the third time he came back, he went to his he went back to the gate to his car and grabbed his Boy Scout knife, opened up the blade because he had his Boy Scout knife um, there, but he hadn't he hadn't had it on him, so he didn't have the blade open. He couldn't push his way in the second time. So the third time, when Lisa came right back to the door, she goes, look, look let me call you right back. I got to get rid of this kid. And we're talking about our wedding plans at the time. And it was six months from when I was going to, we were engaged and we were to be married. So, you know, it was like, no, I'll hang on. You know, she goes, okay, I'll be right back. And then as soon as she opened up the door, he just shoved his way in and she just screamed out. And he was just yelling at her saying, turn around and face the wall, turn around, face the wall. And she was just like, hear, you I heard could hear everything. Oh. I could hear everything. I was on the phone. I was so helpless. So you're in Eugene, you yeah. call the cops and then you get in your car and you're yep. trying to get to Portland. Oh yeah. I was driving over a hundred miles an hour up the freeway, uh, up to Charbonneau area. I knew the directions. I just never been there yet. I, you know, she was there visiting this house. And so that's when, you know, I had to make a decision, you know, I just figured, oh my God, you know, somebody's breaking into the house, all this stuff. I called the police. This is before enhanced 911, everything. So I gave him the address and all that, but you know, it's like everything that could have went wrong that, that day went wrong. Um, the police so, couldn't find the house at first and stuff. So, so how did, how did you, Brian hear? So you've been, let's go wait. Uh, let me, I don't want to get too far here. So you guys have been to trial with this. Is it five or six times? Well, the trial, well, the hearing was first. So I've been there six times, the first okay. hearing. And then it was, um, five times in court. And you've had experts and they said, what about him? <laughs> that he has every traits of a serial killer, borderline um, schizophrenic about stuff. He has um, no breaking points in his personality disorder. He's narcissistic. So, um, yeah, but they, that's what they said. Um, it, all these traits that they find in serial killers and people like that they actually said, we're lucky we found him when we did because I mean, he had done some other bad things um, earlier in his life that came out with hurting animals and stuff like that. So things kind of came out as the trials and everything went on. So how did you find out that this guy was being released or it was on the list of to be commuted by the governor? Through the newspaper, yeah, on October 20th, it was in the newspaper. And I got the newspaper and read it. And our 
the DA up there in Clackamas County um, didn't even know about it until the press release and stuff. And none of us did. None, all of us didn't know about it until then. So, so no, it was just so nerve wracking. So no victims' families were notified. Not, the district not at attorney all. were notified. No. The media was given the press release by the governor's office, yeah. which she then later says, "Well, something happened." You know. Yeah, that's baloney. Yeah. So what? Because I t- I talked to Chris Chris Owen, who's our defending attorney and stuff for that's works for Clackamas, and he didn't he didn't hear any of that. You know, so. So now tonight when you hear Bill in our newscast saying mm-hmm. that now the governor's office is saying the governor is talking, is I, I'm going to say it this way, basically going behind the backs of the district attorneys and talking with these criminals via Zoom. What, yeah, what, that, it's great. I, you know, have you been talked to? Have you been talked to? No. By the <laughs> yeah. been talked to by not a, no, not at all. Um, I haven't been talked to at all by any of them. Uh, you know, my only person I've been talking to is is Chris Owen, who at Clackamas County and stuff. And I have a meeting with him on on Thursday and stuff to talk to him about some more of these things that need to be addressed and talked about with Kate Brown. Um, you know, it's just. Um, what would you want to talk to you if know, you could sit with the governor? What would your what would your kind of list be of of questions? What like what's the first question you would want to ask? I the whole the biggest thing is you got to look at this thing these cases one by one because if you saw what this kid did to Lisa, it it I mean when the lady judge the last one we had she was all, she was almost in tears and then. The judge before that, Judge Lowe, I, he was so pink and flush. He would he had to excuse himself because he was going to get emotional. I mean, they, these it was so graphic and horrible that um, I mean, Lisa had forty seven wound marks on her on her body, and this kid tried to cut her cut her head off with a dull Boy Scout knife, you know. And, and it's like, was there something with her fingers as well? Well, he just closed the knife. On her, on her hand when she had it in her hand. She, he set the knife down because he thought that she would just confide in and just, you know, want to have sex with him. And that's how twisted this guy is. And so when he set the knife down, she grabbed the knife and he grabbed for it and she grabbed and put it across her, her face because he was trying to grab her face and it sliced his hand. And I, thank God she did that because that's how we found him um later because they didn't have any leads for or anything they had fingerprints matched up to nothing and thank god she cut him because that's how we found him later was because of that cut and him bragging about it to a girl so how do you Um, feel how do you feel about these zoom calls i don't know if she's talked to todd um i mean it's i i can't imagine you know she needs to see how this, all this, this, this mess first. He, he, she needs to look at it, this case, because she would be horrified. And I'm telling you, Rick, uh, if she had, if this, if this was, if this was her daughter, I, I, there wouldn't, none of this would be going on. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You know, he would never, it would just be, 
this kid would would be in there for life. I mean, he'd be like Kip Kinkle. There's he's the only guy that gets a gets a hall pass if you want to say a hall pass. Why do you think? Why do you think Kip Kinkle got a hall pass? You know, well, I know it was after a, a certain time, um, and the laws changed a tiny bit. So, um, and they're wanting to go backwards on this whole thing and um, bring some of these kids to today on this clemency thing. I mean, if people really realize what clemency means, you know, um, it's just, it's sickening to think that you could use that word even to to a, a guy that's committed premeditated murder, the worst type of murder you can, well, it's the worst thing any of us can do as a human to, you know, and be convicted of in a crime. Don't you think it's also a little scary, and I know you do, but I'm just throwing it as a question, is that we already have skyrocketing crime. Murders are through oh, yeah. the roof in Oregon. Yeah. You've got gun violence is through the roof. And now you're going to release 200 possibly people. Some mm -hmm. of them, one of them at least we know is this guy. Oh, yeah. And if you're truly concerned about rape, women being raped and violence against women, how could you even consider releasing yeah. someone like this? I mean, that, that, you know, what, that, what does that say? What does that say to people? Well, especially somebody like him who's never had sex with a woman still. He's been in prison for 30 years. What do you, what, what do you think's on his mind? You know, I mean, he, I didn't think about that. How can you just not if the, if Kate Brown had I'm telling you, if Kate Brown, if she had a daughter, uh, -uh this kid would never get out. Or so any anybody that's that's in a power position or something like that, you know? It's like that's what sucks about everything nowadays is it's all about who you are or all of that. It, it's, you know, a movie star or somebody, they they get the the hall pass on that. You know, this guy's going to stay in because of who I am. You know, that's BS. And, I, you know, I bet my life against that one if with Kate Brown on that. Are you, is it, you were saying earlier when you and I were talking that you're surprised at the lack of, action being taken that can be taken yeah talk to people about that a little bit well can i know you? you know the action being taken as far as um well here's this big story and we're still not seeing a public outrage about this oh i know i know it's like who can support if, I mean, I would love to have a naysayer, somebody who could give me a reason why this is okay. Isn't, and yet yeah. to be silent, isn't this the new talk? To be silent is to agree. So if you're silent about this, then you're actually okay with it. And we should be as Oregonians absolutely outraged that yeah. our governor would even consider releasing yeah. people like this. And if you are standing up for her yeah. when she's doing this, then I, then you yeah. are part of the problem because you, you are. are not, you're being silent and yeah. you're not sticking up for Lisa and you are, and you're going through hell and all yeah. the family is going through hell and yeah. people in Oregon should stand up and say, stop this bullshit right now. It is. This it is, is not BS. Oregon. It is. I mean, it, it just shows that she doesn't have the compassion or feelings for, for people. I mean, she showed it during, all the stuff that happened in the riots and things like that, you know, it's like she just turned her head to a lot of stuff. So you know, when will Oregonians you know, stop 
turning their it, head? That's my question. You know, they just got to, they got to, everybody's just got to stand up for what is right. I mean, everybody knows you kill someone, you should, there should be consequences. Well, just sitting in a prison cell for 30 years and, you know, trying to be what you're going to rehabilitate this kid. Okay. I don't think so. You know, somebody brings up Senator Perzanski and I think Perzanski, and that is a good question because this ruling was something he came up with. And, And I think we as Oregonians need to start looking at who's coming up with this legislation. Right. And how did this get started in the first place? Instead, we're giving a lot of hall passes yeah. and and there shouldn't be any because w- what you did led to this and leading to that. And yeah. so you all need to come clean and say, OK, we're going to stop this mess before we this gets way out of hand. Yeah, it it is. It, it's so far out of hand because there's no consequences for for you kill somebody and there's not, there's not that. And the people know that that are doing this. Most of these kids get out or they get a second chance. You know, you give this kid a second chance. What? Okay. So this is something. So I asked the courts at one time uh, and the um, DA this and stuff. And I said, so what is it? Does, does he have to do it again in order for him to stand there for life? And they said, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Two strikes and you're in for good. You know, it should be, I mean, that's just absolutely nuts. So he's got to do it again. So that's that's what I told the judges. It's like, listen, you want to put another family through this? You want to put all her friends through this? And she had hundreds of people that loved her and stuff and, and all of us, you know, and to put all everybody through that again, just for him? What about everybody else's rights? You know, what about everybody else that suffered and has been suffering for, and her, her mom, the total loss she has? Of her right. daughter, you know, I mean, for the rest of her life, everybody suffers for the rest of their life. But what he's suffering, really? I mean, so he gets it was out. his choice. It was his choice. He had premeditated right. murder. He had three times to think about it, to not do it. And he did it anyways. You know, I mean, it's crazy. It's just it's such an injustice. And all my friends are writing into um, Perry Weddle is who you got to. Um, right into you have till November 22nd of this month to do that. And, and that's all they, the public they're taking from the public. Who do they write into? Is there, Oh, it's on KPNW's website, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you guys you can go to KPNW's uh, Facebook page on their website and it'll tell you how to yeah. contact the parole board and make a yeah. comment. So, yeah, she, um, and she just wants to pull, she wants to, she's, she's going to skate around this and she's going to say, well, I'm leaving it up to the parole board to do this. No, but I'm you, just, you, you set it up so you don't get off. That's, you may get off here, but you're not going to get off forever. That is, that's yeah. where people in Oregon need to keep this accountable. Yeah. yeah. What, you have to be accountable for what you do. I mean, I mean, all of us are a leader, a good leader, a good leader. Will oh, lead. Yeah. yeah. So let me and ask she, you this, Brian. If she's out of here next year. So Rick, she's, she's gone next year. She doesn't, I mean, how could she care that much? Why not leave? Why not leave on something that is positive like this and put a stance down? (laughs) I think think that ship sailed about a year and a half ago. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of obvious. Let me ask you this. If you could talk to Lisa right now, Mm -hmm. what would you say to her? 
I'm fighting for you, babe. And she knows I would. Yeah. Um, it, it, she just knew that I would do something like this, that I would push myself to just um, do what's right, you know? I mean, Lisa did what's right all the time. She knew how, how strong I felt about her. Um, and I would just say to her, you know, I'm doing this for you. And she would, she would love it. Cause you, could you know, cause this isn't really, you had to think about this, not because it wasn't the right thing to do, but you knew that you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I've said things in court and stuff and I, a lot of my friends know bits and pieces of this, but you know, enough's enough, you know, five times in court, five times of trusting the system that they're going to do the right thing. And now everybody needs to hear just how, how bad it really is. You know, it's not good. And I'm, yeah. you know, how many times do we have to have Lisa re-murdered? Yeah. And I got to I mean, see it. Everybody's got to see it. Isn't it? It's, it's every time you go back. Ooh, and now boy. this, as yeah. the governor spends her time on Zoom commuting her, her prisoners, she's not considering the fact that every victim in these cases is having to go through that crime again, mm -hmm. through that crime again. And doesn't that count? When did that stop counting to our leaders? Yeah. I don't get it. it no, it's senseless, which, you know, uh, yeah. there's just, if I was a girl in Portland, or living in that area, boy, oh boy, I sure wouldn't be feel safe. I mean, or being a father and having a daughter run around, I mean, and knowing that he lives in that area, are you kidding me? How can you feel safe? You can't. And that's what we, we put people in these positions to help us and keep us safe. You know, so, the, so, it's bad. Brian, do you know Linda Ferrano? Uh-huh. Who's Linda yeah. Ferrano? She's watching. She just said, Linda Ferrano is watching. Who is Linda Ferrano? Mm -hmm. That's my aunt. She lives in Tampa, Florida. Aunt yeah, she's a sweetheart. Linda, thank you for being here to support Brian. Yeah, my parents what? and everybody does. They they all loved Lisa. They, I mean, they're all watching, definitely. I know they are because they, they told me. There's a lot of people tuning in for this because a lot of people are hurt badly about it. And it's just, it's affecting a lot of people. And if this, if this continues, it's just going to get worse and worse. I, we, you know, let me, can I ask you what, what have you learned about yourself? Um, you know, how strong you have to be, how strong I have to be. <laughs> it's, you know, I, through all this, it, sometimes you just, it, it just breaks you down so much, but it's, it's how strong I have to be. It's what I've learned to fight for what's right and what, and what you love. And, and, and you, you want to do this for other people too. You know, it's, it's, because of what happened to Lisa, I don't want anybody to go through this again. I mean, it's just not worth it at all. Now, are you 
Are you stronger than you ever dreamed you were? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't see that. I have to turn it on and off like a light switch because of what I do for a living and being around so many people. I can't bring this out all the time. So it wears on you. But, you know, I, I'm a very positive, very, very positive person. And, um, you know, I got to have some faith that, um, you know, Kate Brown will um, say, okay, I got to look at this one. This, somebody one's, wrote, this one's so, important. Somebody wrote this. Everyone keeps being astonished by Brown's actions. She doesn't care. She is using Oregon as a stepping stone to a national political stage. She has national political aspirations. Um, let's I hope. Mean, let's hope oh, not. Yeah, that. I mean, and that, and that comes down to voting. Why would you vote for somebody that is letting this state down already, and now she's going to do it again? You know, I mean, she let us down during all those horrible things that were going on in Portland, and then she let us. She's letting us down with murder victims being released. Come on, you know, you got to vote for the right person. You got to do the right thing and and really look at who you're voting for and why, you know, and, and that's the problem we've been having in this state. You know, it's just, you can, I mean, there's great Democrat people. There's great Republican people, you know, great. both sides. It's the person you're voting for. I voted Democrat. I voted Republican. It's the power and the money, buddy. That's yeah. what it is. And yeah. so then you have to, as people and voters, you need to look at the power that put these people into office and also be pissed at that because yeah. that, that's how it happens. And I think one of the good things I think, Brian, that comes out of all of this is we as Oregonians have to, we're apathetic and we're learning apathy is, has a cost and this is it. Mm -hmm. This is what it costs. Yeah. I think you are the, <clears throat> I think you got the biggest, kahunas of anyone i know dude i mean i think lisa's very would be very would be very blessed to know that um that you're doing this for her and and she your knows. current wife trisha what a what a what a wonderful woman to stand by you and know that this was a part of your life that just won't you know isn't going to go away and you need to fight and she's right there by your side that says a whole bunch about her and you mm -hmm. and your relationship yeah so, it's it's yeah. The thing that kills me the most, Rick, is is when I hear this thing with with Kate Brown and saying clemency. I, the word's just going to makes me just so angry now all the time because, you know, um, mercy with leniency. That's yeah. probably the mis the most misused word now. Mercy with leniency. That's what clemency means. And yeah. she wants to give it to a cold-blooded killer. I mean, who tried to rape a woman and attacked her and bled, basically tried to cut off her head. Yeah, violence against yeah. women—that's who you have mercy and and clemency for. I mean, how can you? You can't. How can you live with yourself? Absolutely, it's absolutely disgusting. Please post the info so everyone can write, call, and email ASAP. Um, gosh, do you have it, Trisha, on you? I would have to get, I'll have to find it off of KPNW. Yes. Go to, you have she it, does. Trisha, put it on and I will stick it up here. So you guys, um, um, Brian, is there anything else? I want to make sure you get everything out of your, out of your chat, off your chest. 
Um, I got 30 years of stuff that I've had to deal with, you know, I mean, since this whole thing happened, um, I mean, people, I don't care if, like I said, if you're Republican or Democrat, you know, what's right. You know, when somebody's has their life taken, you know, um, you, you know that you just can't turn your head to something like that. And when you do, it, it happens again, you know, it, in life, all kinds of things. If you don't bite it in the butt the first time, it happens again, and this is going to happen again, and somebody's going to go through this again, and it just absolutely sucks. It, it, it's he could get let out again here, and she's letting the parole board not take into consideration or look at the evidence of Todd Davila, what he did to Lisa. So um, they're at, she's asking him to not take that into consideration at all when you're making your decision, that you're not supposed to do that. It's like, how? It's impossible. That's just so wrong for anybody to say something like that. If it was her daughter, she wouldn't be saying those words. <laughs> There's no way. So... Um, Trisha just posted the link. Yeah, there it is. Okay, guys, this is where you write, right there. And that's how you get a hold, or you can call. And that's what you need to do to really, because, um, and I'll got to make that. a statement. You got to make a statement. You got to, your voice has to be heard. You know, and this thing can't fall on deaf ears. It just can't. I mean, somebody else is going to die. Something's going to happen. You can't tell me it's not. I mean, it, 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 you're rolling dice. Is that right. worth it? Really? Yeah. Hell no. Hey, Brian, mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing and coming on and doing that. You're welcome. I think it's bigger than you probably understand for people. I hope so. Uh, I, I do. I think you're a righteous man and you're standing up. And I think that's inspiring to everyone to go, um, you know, about this case, but also in terms of who we are as Oregonians. And I think it says we have to start taking a stand for who we are. And I do appreciate your time. Anytime. All right. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. So Brian Akers, um, that is a bold and brave man. Um, so um, please share this on your page um, so that other people see it and say why you're sharing it because to hear this story and then post, you can take those comments that Trisha put on there and you can highlight that and put that up at the top so people get involved and make their comments. Understand who you're voting for, understand the people and the power that puts them in that place and what that's doing. And they are liable for this. They are responsible too, but so are you and so am I. If we don't participate and do the things that we're supposed to do, if we just act like I've seen apathy for the last, 30 years of my life in this town, in this state, um, people just going, oh, I got thing, I got my family to raise. And I get that. But now we can't afford to do that anymore. We got people dying. We got murders being released. We have to start going, no, you work for me. That's how it works. You're the governor. You're a senator. You're a House of Representatives member. You're a congressman or woman. Um, you work for me. Because I, despite what they think and what you think and what we've been taught, it still is we the people. It doesn't say we Kate Brown. It doesn't say we Floyd Przonsky. 
It doesn't say we, the OEA. It doesn't say we, the uh, Oregon State Legislature. It doesn't say we, the Democratic Party. It doesn't say we, the Republican Party. It doesn't even say we, the Independent Party. It says we, the people of the United States of America. And if we don't start acting and we don't start saying, hell no, they're going to run right over us like they are right now. I am so fucking tired of this and it's time to put it to an end. And we have to stop doing the same thing over and over because that's the very definition of insanity. I'm Rick Dancer. This is Get Real with Rick Dancer. Please share this on your page and please do something. Don't just watch this and go, oh, I feel bad for Brian and his family and go off on your whatever you do. To be in a community means action. Thank you, Dr. Bratlin, for sponsoring our show. We could not do this without people like you. Good night.